On May 25 and 26, the Business World Economic Forum returned with the theme, Revolutions 2022, Navigating the Changed World. The two-day virtual event brought thought leaders and experts from various fields to continue the discussion on effective ways to thrive in the new world. In this B-side episode, we are sharing a fireside chat from the Economic Forum between me, Samuel Marcelo, and John Rubio, Meta Philippines Country Director. The concept of the metaverse has sparked a lot of discussion about new possibilities and opportunities involving emerging technologies like blockchain and augmented reality. It promises a new future with a digital economy powered by smart contracts and cryptocurrency, and companies are investing millions to snatch digital real estate. But what does the metaverse really mean for businesses today, and how can brands use it to bring more value to consumers? We have with us John Rubio, Country Director of Meta Philippines, to explain the metaverse and its potential to us. Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. First question, John. It's a pretty big one. Mm. Please explain to us. What is the metaverse and why is it so significant? To make it easier to visualize, I guess, let's right. say this business world economic forum were held in the metaverse. What right. look like? Would you and I be avatars speaking in like a Sims-like world? Would it look like Second Life? And would the real me be sitting at home wearing a, a VR headset? I think, Sam, it's all of those things that you mentioned. I think it's a coming together of all the technologies that you mentioned and all the technologies that we have now to head towards a more immersive uh, future where you know you feel like you're really there and before i expound on that let me walk back and just talk about i think the first thing is that's important is why the metaverse when you look at covid uh, it really highlighted this the first thing is nothing beats being together i think you know everyone's really looking forward as we open up to all be together but if you can't i think we've realized that the metaverse brings us even closer to that feeling of being in-person connection using all the technologies you mentioned. I guess because it's more immersive, more engaging, it makes you feel like you can have that shared experience. So when you look at it, I mean, we had some great technologies to help us connect over this. Like, for example, we're doing a Zoom meeting, right? I think it also highlighted the weaknesses, though, where, you know, this is a very flat experience. So when we talk about why the metaverse, I think it's about the immersion where if we can't be together from all the technology perspective, the metaverse will get us as close to that as possible. So then that brings us, okay, so why the metaverse? It's like, you know, bringing us closer together if we can't be there. So what then is the metaverse? So I think you mentioned a lot of technologies. It highlights something really important, around, I think, around time and space. So one is the metaverse is made up of virtual spaces and 3D experiences. And these are all interconnected so that you can move between them. You can engage, for example, like you mentioned, we're doing an interview with the two of us, but then you can then step out and, for example, maybe you do uh, shopping, maybe you, you watch a concert, maybe you move on to your next meeting where, like you mentioned, it's a place where you can walk around with your avatars. Just to share an example, we have a new beta product called Horizon Workrooms where your avatar is sitting in a virtual, for example, meeting room where you can feel the space. And I was trying it the other day and it's amazing where it's different from Zoom where it's a flat experience where my seatmate, I can like face this way and whisper something and only she will hear it in her uh, headset differently. So all of these technologies trying to get us to feel like the real world. And just one final point on this is the way we look at it is it's an evolution of technology. Many years ago, when the mobile phone started, we had SMS, right? So it was written. 
And then cameras started popping up, you know, after the iPhone. And then we moved into this place where Philippines was SMS capital. Then we became selfie capital, right? Now we're messaging capital because of all the, for example, messaging apps like Messenger. I think the next evolution of this, it's not actually changing technology. It's like, what's the next step from where we are? And I think that's a lot about the metaverse. And it's not something we'll build together. We are building for it because there are many technologies that are part of it. If we can't be in the same room together, we can be together in the metaverse. Definitely. Right? It's the virtual equivalent of being together. It, it's going to be as close as possible to that. Knowing that then, how can the metaverse change the way we do business? And like, mm. what kind of potential does it hold for companies wishing to invest? So I think there are three main things. I'll categorize it into three different areas. I think there is a business impact for people. And usually, you know, for, I mean, for us that we're a people-based company, that's what's most important. And I want to couch it around people turning their passions into careers. This is because, for example, most people in the metaverse won't have to rely on access for, say, expensive tools. You don't need complex networks. You don't need precious materials, for example, to do things like train, study, make digital art, games, and experiences for people to enjoy. I think it democratizes access to all of these things so that someone from the Philippines, you know, from an art perspective, let's say creating an NFT, can compete with someone throughout the globe without having to fly and sell their physical piece of art. So I think there's that around people. I think the second big thing is for businesses is around work. And when I say around work is imagine a world where you can blend. And we've already experienced part of this, right, from the work from home experience. But imagine you could truly be at the office without the commute using, for example, a technology like I mentioned earlier around Horizon Workroom, where now instead of the flat, where we could literally be at the meeting table or, you know, what everyone talks about, you can do the offline chats literally in a virtual water cooler. So I think there's, there's a lot of changes that will happen around work where you can have your perfect work set up. All you need is your headset and you can literally be anywhere, but still be at literally, you know, almost as close to we talked about as physical at work. So it's people, it's at work. And I think lastly, there is large opportunity for businesses. And I think there's a large opportunity for them to instantly with their com consumers embedded within that environment in specific contextual situation. Now, I know that's a lot to take it from a phrase perspective, but sort of let me give an example of what that means. So let's say you're navigating the virtual world, your avatar's walking around, and you went to a concert that you watched virtually, and you want to get, for example, some swag after, let's say some, you know, a virtual concert uh, shirt, but something broke down on your payment, right? So the merchant said, hey, your payment didn't go through. You were paying with Gcash or with your bank or with Maya or something, and it didn't work. So imagine what would happen normally is, oh, you'll have to deconnect. You'll have to find what's the FAQ on this and that. And like, it ruins the experience. Imagine being able to just quickly press a button and you have a virtual avatar assistant of your bank or of your digital wallet right beside you, helping you sort that out at that moment. I think Network sort of talks about how it could be for businesses or take something like, I know it sounds quaint already, but the billboard, right? If you drive to Ed, so you see all the billboards. Imagine that times a hundred where you're in your virtual environment. Let's say you're in Horizon Worlds. And it's something that's more attuned to you. So what will get shown to you is similar to what happens, for example, in your feed today, where a lot of the things you'll see are aligned with your passions and interests. 
And you can see products, for example, Instagram sellers that are very attuned to, let's say, your specific fashion aesthetic. And then a virtual billboard where you can then click and create the path to purchase with almost no friction. Whereas, you know, like a normal billboard's great when you're driving through EDSA because it takes your mind off of traffic, but you can't really do anything with it. Imagine being in that virtual world for a business and you can directly interact with your consumer, whether it's to solve problems for them or to sell your new product. Thank you, John, for making it very concrete so that we can actually imagine the potential of the metaverse. It's an exciting world. I think, you know, we're still five to 10 years away from truly getting there, but I think the vision and based on, again, what we talked about in the past around the evolution, I think it's very clear that that's the future we're headed towards. Just to build on that answer that you gave a while ago. So if we could be a little more specific, I guess it's like Hmm. what businesses or brands stand to benefit the most from being in the metaverse given who is likely to be there right and like what are the advantages say of being an early adopter being one of the first there i think it's all businesses but let me let me categorize it into two areas where i'll I'll talk about why for specific cohorts i think for big businesses exciting emerging opportunity really quickly for those companies that benefit from two things One is instant access to consumers for your product. So for example, if you're someone who likes to sell over e-commerce or you're someone who has a digital good, let's say you have a course or you want to sell, let's say like a meditation app or something where you can quickly download it. I think that virtual connection that we talked about as an example, that's really good for businesses like that. I think it's very good for businesses that need to connect with consumers. Let's say you're not selling something, but let's say you connect often with your consumers from a perspective of, let's say, troubleshooting, or let's say you have a complex product where you need to run a person and give, for example, like a store experience. And let's say you're unboxing a new thing and there's a setup required. Imagine not having to create a virtual store to do that or not having to send a technician there. And you know how frustrating it is, for example, to say, hey, something's going to be delivered. Oh, but you have to be there for six hours in the afternoon because we don't know when it's going to be there. So, but imagine you have that product now and then the install can happen anytime. So I think it's going to be great for really big companies, both from a sales perspective, but also definitely from a you know support perspective and any company that needs to interact a lot. I think that's big businesses. I think also though, it's a great opportunity for small and medium-sized entrepreneurs. And the reason I mentioned that is it's already something we're seeing post-COVID, even in our current platforms, Instagram, Marketplace, or even like the big marketplaces like, you know, Shopee, Lazada, Zalora, and so on. I think the key there is that I'll use the term democratization of technology. So imagine you're a small and medium-sized business and not having to set up shop, not having to create a website. So imagine like the tools that you have, for example, on Instagram, but putting it into a truly immersive experience where you're a small and medium-sized entrepreneur, but you can get someone to try on, for example, your dress, your glasses virtually, like in real time. So take an augmented reality where you could see how the glasses look on your face in real time without having to actually try it on or different sizing of shirt. Like you're worried about the size you could create a digital render of your body that can try on those (laughs) different clothes. So from a small, medium-sized business perspective, imagine you're now able to to break the bounds of physical space because you have to get someone to go to your store to try on your stuff. But now imagine selling to someone in Europe, in Africa, in the US, or even down south in this ice or Mindanao if your shop is in Luzon. Or the opposite thing where you're based in Mindanao, you can sell throughout the Philippines, you can sell everywhere. I think it's great for small and medium-sized businesses. It's truly a democratization. 
And an evolution of what we're seeing today in places like, for example, your Facebook feed, Instagram, or Marketplace. Hope that clarified, Sam. Yeah, it's like the world is wide open to you. Definitely. It's a big opening up where, again, nothing beats the real world, but there are constraints in the real world. And electronics and technology breaks a lot of these bounds. We've talked about the business side of things. Now, let's talk about the other side of the equation. Like, talk about the consumer and what value the metaverse brings to, say, mm-hmm. people like me. What can yeah. the metaverse do for me? Actually, this is the part <laughs> I'm most excited about because I think the consumer side is happening much faster. So I, I have one of the headsets. I, it's on the <laughs> side. They're charging. I'd show it. But it's really exciting. And I'll, I'll couch this excitement with sort of like, let's just go through an exercise of imagine you're on a street. Of, let's say your favorite place. Maybe it's somewhere in... Spain or France that you've never visited, but you heard so much about it because you like, for example, the culture of a particular place. Could be Peru, could be Africa, could be, again, somewhere in the Philippines that you've never visited that you always want, like the most beautiful beach you can imagine. Imagine being there virtually. You know, you hear the sounds, you can go far away, and you can travel to that place and teleport not just to that physical space, but to any time as well. So what do I mean? There are already apps, for example, today where you don't have to spend so much. And if I talked about the democratization of business for SMEs, imagine the democratization of travel where you wanted to go somewhere and visit that space in an immersive environment. So you could finally see, for example, the Eiffel Tower or the pyramids of Egypt, right? You can do that already today. From a consumer's perspective, the thing though that gets me most excited, I wanted to talk about that first because it's a very visual uh, example of what consumers can do. I think the really exciting part though is in education. So my son was, uh, I was helping him with his Jose Rizal homework uh, the other day. And, you know, it's great because you go to a book and you research about his life. I talked to him about his, the books, what he stood for, and for example, how, how his life ended and how he became a hero from all of those things put together. So imagine a world where you could go back in a different place in a different time and actually experience that, right? So imagine how immersive that could be. So that's, for example, for my son. Now, if you extrapolate that further and take something like you're a doctor and you want to learn a new medical technique of surgery, it's very hard, right? You can't really (laughs) practice on a human if you're a resident. Because would you allow that, right? But imagine you can do it again and again. In literal 3D modeling surgery, practice until you get it right. Imagine you're, let's say, a young boy in Davao who wants to become a pilot. You have to go to somewhere where there's a school. You have to find an airplane where you can have a flight cockpit where you can try it out. Imagine that doing that from your home. Again, I think it will democratize things like travel, but really excited about the democratizing things like education. You could go to the best teacher in the best university without having to leave your family, without having to leave your physical space. So very excited about that one, Sam. Okay, so for me, I would be super excited to like visit the Louvre without the crowds and to like go up close to go. say works of art. That would be possible, Def- right? Definitely. A lot of those experiences actually are already built today. So we talked a lot about the future. A lot of those things, you know, you can do. I, if you haven't tried one yet, yeah, come to the office. And, I don't know if you, you've tried one. So we have, for example, where you could fly through the Grand Canyon and other very interesting experiences. I'm not sure about the loop, but I can I can okay. check if we've had one of those and, and walk up to the Mona Lisa and get yeah. surprised by how actually really small it is. Exactly that. I'll take you up on that offer, John. Definitely. <laughs> Big 
picture, how should we be thinking about the metaverse? Is it just another platform or is it another world entirely? Like how revolutionary? Mm. It's revolutionary, I think, because of the technologies that we're building. But I'd rather use the term evolution. I think it's just the evolution of all the social technologies we have today. You know, you're scanning your feed. You see the Louvre, for example, if it, it, on your feed on Instagram because maybe a friend of yours visited it, right? So yeah. I'd like to think it's the evolution of that where we, going back to what we talked about earlier, it just makes it more immersive. It's like 3D. Like wherever okay. you move, you're, you're literally there. So I think in that sense, it's an evolution. I think where the revolution though comes is because of the different technologies being built around it. And again, j- just to highlight, we Meta is not the metaverse. We are building for it, for it. along okay. with many different technologies. You mentioned cryptocurrency. It's going to be very important for the metaverse to underpin a lot of of commerce transactions we talked about earlier. We talked about, for example, blockchain technology, which is going to underpin many of the things like NFTs or digital contracts that are going to need to happen in the metaverse. In that sense, I think it's very revolutionary because what's revolutionary about it is there are many different parts that are going to be put together. I think the next question then is, are we ready in the Philippines? You know, over the next decade, millions of people around the world are going to do it. But when we look at the, that shift of mobile access, there's going to be a lot of, I think, fast, reliable internet that needs to be built around it. And hopefully we're doing our part in that because, they, for example, I don't know if you've heard about the subsea cable that we're working on. We're developing two in the region that are already in service and we're building more across the region to make sure everyone's connected for this. Just that investment alone, I think is going to add approximately 422 billion in GDP across APAC, 3.7 billion new jobs just for the Philippines. That's about 30 to 35 billion in additional GDP, let's say by 2025 and 400,000 new jobs. In that sense, I think it's revolutionary, Sam. You've actually answered the, I was going to ask about like how long will it take for the metaverse to become Mm. a mature ecosystem and what will it take in terms of infrastructure to maximize that potential and you've already talked about it. John, maybe just to summarize everything for us, one key point that you'd like people to take from this session. To sort of summarize it, we're, it's very exciting. We talked about all the exciting use cases around it, but right now we are building towards that vision. And I think just to set expectations, some exist like flying through the Grand Canyon, but many of these won't be fully realized until the next five to 10 years. Say the example that I talked about where you bought something and you wanted a virtual assistant from the company sitting right beside you. A couple of years for that to happen. What's important though, and what I want everyone to leave with is that the reason we're doing this is we're sharing our early thinking and imagination because it's an exciting world about what the future could look like for both businesses and consumers. And it's important that to understand that we're not building this alone. This is going to be a collective vision to come create this together. And my call to everyone here is you talked about innovators, should you be a fast follower? I think every company should just take their current plans, continue on their digital journey, especially after COVID that accelerated a lot, and then slowly start incorporating a lot of these experiences that we're talking about as it comes to fruition. And I think if I were to leave people with one thing is just one phrase is we're coming to an exciting world. And we invite everyone to participate in helping build that world. And I will see you in the metaverse. Thank you, everybody. I'm excited, Sam. I'll see you there. (laughs) And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard John Rubio, Country Director of Meta Philippines, speaking with me, Sam El Marcelo, about the metaverse and how it will democratize access to technology. 
According to Mr. Rubio, the metaverse will change the way we work and the way we connect with each other. This B-side episode was recorded remotely on May 26 as part of the Business World Economic Forum. Thanks for listening.